Hello, my friends. Today we're talking to Mohit, the co-founder and CTO of Inmobi. And we discuss how Inmobi has continuously evolved with the times since its founding. How to encourage your employees to think big and come out of their shell. And why it's important to celebrate failures as well as the victories. All of this right here, right now, on the Modern CTO Podcast. This is the Modern CTO Podcast. So, and interestingly, if, you know, if uh, my education, I'm a material science engineer, you know, I was supposed to make steel, you know, and uh, while I was studying, you know, I think the world, the world around us was changing quite drastically. And in fact, I got my first job in a steel plant, but instead of working on a steel plant it was mostly to work on the automation and that's where you know i got my first interaction with the software and and uh, you know uh, working in a factory and writing automation software over there is is little different because it's you know it requires a lot of complexity and and uh, you know i mean any mistake can be really expensive in terms of lives and, and and money so so i think it was a it was a great experience you know that that helps you uh, learn about cautious and you know how you how you do uh, very disciplined programming early life uh, you know early in your life and uh, with that i think it just happened i ended up uh, joining a telco in in, in california and uh, it was back when you know it, it is way back when at&t didn't require every you know regional bell out there so i was i was part of Pacwell, and then at&t acquired it so i ended up in a telecom industry and since then pretty much i've been in telco, mobile, advertising, and marketing, and, you know, playing in that field only. And uh, in that process, you know, I ended up meeting three of my other co-founders uh, who very strongly believed that, you know, the whole Asia, uh, I would say anything anything uh, east of west, almost completely missed the wireline digital era. You know, I mean, there was absolutely no infrastructure, and and, and it was completely gone. And, and sometimes, you know, when they say uh, innovation can be faster if you you know, just take incremental, you know, if you just take a massive leap rather than making incremental jumps. So what happened in Asia, since they never had any digital infrastructure, the wireless came in a very different way. So if you see, you know, the sort of wireless revolution that you're seeing in China, India, and number of subscribers and all those, the main reason is basically they just completely missed that part and they directly moved on to 3G, 4G, and 5G, you know, and that's where you see the adoption and cycles are so fast as compared to this part of the world. And these three founders, like 10, 10, 14 years ago, uh, were so convinced that, you know, if you want to do something in mobile, I think we need to be in that part of the world. We need to start from there because that's where the need is. That's where the customers are and that's where the innovation will happen. So I really like their passion and story and and, and the willingness to execute around it. And then I decided to leave uh, AT&T and Virgin Mobile. You know, these are the two companies that, you know, I was working over here and decided to join them. And and so far, it has been a really good story, you know, coming from East and, you know, expanding towards the Western world. And now we are back in US, which is once again, the land of opportunity. If you're doing anything, you want to grow it big, you have to have a presence here. So that's know, really that's, cool. That's the story of my life. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think in like late 2019 or no, late 2018, I spent a little bit of time in Hong Kong and uh, I was learning about how... Huawei in particular was started out as like a huge telecom infrastructure provider, yeah. just yeah. laying and yeah. 
like kind of the advantages that were involved with starting from scratch and yeah. laying modern tech down in like the late 20 teens rather yeah. than um like how in America we have like years and years of old infrastructure that we just keep building on top of yeah. in, in our telecom. Yeah. No, it's, 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 it's a very simple thing. You know, sometimes, you know, it's, it's easy to burn down the house, uh, house and build it fresh, you know, it's like burn down the forest and then the fertility of the soil goes up drastically versus you keep on making modification and beyond a point, it actually becomes very difficult. Yeah, absolutely. So, so, so those are some of the things that, that you can see in Asia. If nothing is existent, then you have all kinds of flexibility to go for the best. And, and I think that's what has happened in many areas. So before we get into Inmobi and what you're working on today, there's another part of your LinkedIn that I wanted to ask you about where I saw you're doing some work as a DJ right now. Can you tell me about that? Yeah. So I think, you know, I, uh, it, it was so funny when you were, when you were talking about your story, you know, you had a little bit interest in the music and you were doing programming and, and the same thing for us, you know, I, I, I really was into music, you know, right from the beginning, but. Uh, my early part of my life was in India, and you know, at that point of time, there was no Spotify or something and all that. And you know, uh, essentially, you know, music was really not the first option for your career. You know, especially if you're not trained and if you're really not pursuing it. You know, it was really hard. So, so mostly it was that you know the, the pleasure or you know occasional uh, listening and all those things, and and that's where I left it and and went back to his studies and all but and and pretty much never picked it up you know all the way till uh, until recently two two three years ago and um, uh, you know i was always listening to those things but never doing something or just making any of one of uh, my music or uh, going deeper into it but as as they say you know every problem comes with the opportunity so when you were in covid pretty much you were locked locked up inside a uh, room and I thought, you know, how do I kill the time? You know, all the time if you just do work and work, it was becoming pretty mundane, frustrating, and, and depressing for everyone. So I ordered a small DJ machine. You know, I thought, why don't let's try something? You know, this is one area, and I and I um, uh, ordered a small DJ machine and I started trying few things out, and I, I really liked it. And 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 so much so, then I start, you know, then I ended up regretting, you know, why did I order the beginner machine? I should be, I need something <laughs> better, you know, and then. Then, then you go from there, then I got a bigger one and next one. And uh, uh, I think I really invested good two, two three years, uh, I would say two years on it. And uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it and, and I started learning as I go. And, and uh, to be honest, right now, I just love it so much that I, I want to be associated with that. And, and I do plays occasionally uh, for my friends, family, or sometimes if I'm in Bangalore, even for some clubs as well. That's awesome. So now you got like a pretty big setup while well, you're running like four decks, doing some complex mixes going yeah, on. Yeah. Yeah. So that's awesome. Finally, dude. finally, I'm, finally I'm on the four decks and um, yeah. <laughs> Super cool. Yeah. I actually worked for, as a DJ for like three years in, in the yeah, past. There, there, you, a lot of fun. there you go. And for software programmer or engineers, I think it's, it's a lot easy because music, I think it's pattern and math. Yeah, absolutely. And we see lots of, um, Lots of people that come on the show mm-hmm. are involved in music in some way or another. It's just, it just seems like a really great escape that jives well with the way engineers' brains yeah. work. Yeah. But uh, so, oh, by the way, do you have a DJ name? Yeah, I have a. I have a. Uh, I adopted a name called DJ Sigarin. 
Nice. Uh, it's it's with an E because I didn't get the I. Someone already taken it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so DJ Sicario. It, it is one of the movie that I saw. You know, and uh, Venicia Del Toro was the uh, Del Toro was the hero, and I really liked that movie. So I wanted that name, but since Sicario with the I was taken, so I still took the name and I replaced I with E, and I got it on SoundCloud and everywhere. everywhere. Nice, nice, very cool. Also, tell me a little bit about how you originally got involved with InMobi, the where you're at today. So, uh, you know, I think as I told you, I met these three founders, and at that point of time, they knew that they wanted to do something in the mobile uh, mobile area, and uh, but there was not enough clarity that what do you want to do. You know, I mean, it's it's pretty vast, and then I ended up joining them, and uh, we and and you know, like I said. Every startup, if you see the story, I think the first product, most probably nine out of ten cases, uh, never see the day of the light, or it's never a successful product. But but if you have entrepreneurship, then you start figuring things out from there, and then changes, and then once you find the market fit, that's that is what become your original idea. So same thing at Inmobi, we started with the, something called you know I think you all know the concept of Groupon, you know, where you get these coupons and deals. Uh, so we launched a product in in Mumbai in 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 India, which was basically a SMS based Groupon, and I would say that product was way ahead of its time in 2008. You know, oh, where yeah. you, where you would send some SMS and say, "Hey, deals on jeans, or maybe deals on sneakers, or something," and then it will come back with some of the offers that are going on in that location. And and imagine in 2008, and this is before you know iPhone was launched. It was launched in this year itself, but you know, imagine the phone prior to that. So there was no uh, web uh, mobile web concept. So everything was mostly on the SMS. That's why we chose that medium. And and what what it was doing is as soon as you basically throw these keywords, it will throw them onto a search engine and it will return with a lot of options for you. You know where you can go and see what kind of deals going on. Idea looked well on paper, and even we implemented and executed it. But but we what we felt in the market is it was little ahead of time, and advertisers were really not sure. So everyone was like liking it, but nobody was paying it, mm. and and uh, so we were we were trying to figure out what do we do. But right there and then, you know, this new iPhone came in, and when it came, I think we just saw, you know, the power of this medium, and 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 we really believe that this is the future, and this is what eventually is going to change the whole thing. So immediately, we just converted the idea from SMS to mobile web based, you know, uh, because app was still very relatively new. You know how it will happen, but but using that medium, we started uh, converting our idea from SMS to web base, and and actually on day one, not only we had the paying customer, in fact, our server crashed. And, and, wow! And, yeah, because we were just running on a three four three four machine web server, and you know for SMS that was kind of enough. It was like a semi semi synchronous process. You know, you get a request and you do that. Uh, once we saw those symptoms, we knew that this is the idea and this is what we are going to pursue. And the InMobi was born, which is, you know, today the mobile advertising and marketing platform, you know, right from SSP to DSP and every other component. But that was really the beginning. Nice. And so I see in your background, you have both InMobi and another logo that says Glance. Can you tell me what Glance is? So so InMobi, I think for, for a good 10 years, uh, uh, you know, InMobi, Work as a or, or rather a big part of our offering is a uh, marketing cloud, you know, which is mostly a B2B business. So we work with uh, various advertisers to basically help them reach out to the relevant user based on the proposition that they have. 
And at the same point of time, we work with various publishers to help monetize their property, you know, understanding their user, what their behaviors are, and, and, and what are the proposition which might be useful for them. So pretty much it's it's a marketplace. It's a two, you know, it's a two-faced marketplace uh, where we help advertiser reaching out to the right user and we help publisher monetizing to the you know, to, uh, monetizing their own uh, user as well. Uh, Glance is something very different, and it's actually our B2C offering. And if you leave, if you see what is happening in the world is basically earlier the, the media business, or rather the way you see the media consumption, was pretty limited. The, you always had these big production houses, you know, these, these movie studios and, uh, you know, a studio like yourself, you know, a podcast and all those things where everything is managed, and, and there are few people who will produce something and there will be a lot of consumption by the user outside. We live in a snackable economy right now, you know, where video is a commodity. You know, people can, any one of us, me and you can be creator. And if you are doing something, we are putting our genius into it or, you know, uh, innovation can come from anyone and you never know. Any 10 seconds, 15 seconds or 16 second clip can be popular and can be viral uh, all over the world. So if you think, about it, what is happening over there, there's really an explosion of content and a disruption is happening. You know, every day there are influencers who are being born. Some kids are just 15 years, 16 years old and they like, they are like, they have bigger power or rather bigger influence on, influencer on, on user as compared to one of the biggest rock star in their heydays, you know? Yeah. So, so, so glance is really, you know, part of that community because everywhere when the ecosystem explodes, you need to figure out how to basically how user will get uh, better value out of it. So, so glance is really a whole suit of B two C customer that we have, and we work with a lot of OEM, you know, uh, like Xiaomi, Oppo, Samsung. Uh, where what we realize is basically, uh, despite of all the real estate, there is one property which is lock screen which is completely not utilized. You know, uh, people stare at it or they just play with, the, uh, with it. But every time you have to like click six or seven times to even go to the relevant information. And, and let's say if you are, if you, if, if, if you're just sitting and you want to pass your, pass your time or you are in a train or you're just going somewhere rather than just having those seven, eight clicks, can I com- convert your lock screen into your own pers- personal, uh, what do you call a zone where everything like is designed? Yes, feed everything is designed around you. What your interests interests are, you know, from the video binging to news to politics to sport and everything right over there. So that is really what our vision is. Basically, your work on your um, doorstep in form of your your, your lock screen. Uh, not only that, uh, uh, it has a, a app version as well, which is Raposo, which is a, a short short video content, uh, highly popular among that part of the generation. Uh, not only that, we have we have made it a little bit more interesting because it has a it has inclusion of live commerce in it as well. Because you know the influencers are there to basically tell people what they know and what they feel passionate about. Uh, you know, it could be an object or it could be something that what they are doing. And a lot of people they see it, they like it, but after that, you know, the experience breaks right there. What do you do after that? Let's say you are showing something, and you know, hey, I really like it, but what do I do after that? So uh, we also. F- we also saw a big opportunity. What if when influencer is showing or showcasing something or demonstrating something, if there is a commerce option there as well. So it will open up another earning potential for the influencer as well. And at the, and, and at the same time, it will create a very seamless, interesting uh, buying experience for our user as well. So how we are doing things differently in Glance and Reposo is not only these feed, 
some of these feeds and these live uh, uh, you know shots are interactive you can actually interact with them not only with the influencer but you can lead all the way till the purchase as well so so coming from our marketing background from inmobi we believe this is where the world is heading and 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 that's that's what we are we are we are trying to uh, glance and we hope the world will world will eventually converge and this will become your uh, new media for the masses as compared to what we have seen in the past that's really cool so are you integrating other platform other content platforms and like pulling content from like tiktok or instagram or your news source and put in putting it together on glance or is glance its so, own so, platform so, yeah so it, it it depends we are definitely not integrating from uh, tiktok or instagram and all those things but there is some relevant content that i think we feel is uh, useful for user and all those things so those uh, that component come over there so for example news feed there are so many news channels there are so many uh, you know specialists out there uh, depending on what sports what region what location you are and we do collaborate with people uh, on the basis where we see there is a there is a more value to our user uh, everything that we design everything that we do is basically user is the center of that makes sense that's cool what's the relationship like between like the glance teams and the inmobi teams uh, these are the these company? are run so we we clearly believe that the team needs to be self reliant and they need to move really fast so end of the day if we need to help each other it is just like any other company you know if we work with any other partner that's how you do it both teams are quite independent they have their own roadmap and and they they execute based on their own velocity and circumstances yes we do we do collaborate we do partnership with each other but from all practical purpose these are two different companies so that they are not one is not bothering other and and then they own have their own creative freedom to basically go in the direction that makes sense for them got it so where are you spending most of your time today so the both both team and and not only these team i think even within these group the way we operate and how teams are set up is basically every small team is their own they have their own ceo they have their own cto you know because the thing is the entire team makes call what is best for their group and then they do that and and it allows us to basically uh really breed the culture of uh, a startup within a startup you know you go you figure things out and and, and you have things and and you make uh what best for you uh you manage your budget you manage your strength and you get the right speed that you want but at the same point of time you know i think we do have a very long legacy of building some some really good stuff you know and and having a really competent tech team all across so there is a common fund foundation that is available to everyone who wants to use and who wants to basically save time and build on top of it and at the same time there are few few things that actually don't change you know that the cultural aspect of it you know the discipline of being a being a good engineer to a really good engineer you know how do you write uh, you are a programmer yourself you know you can write a code and then you can write a really good code you know so and and and, and that knowledge should not get lost somewhere it should always you know you should always increase the knowledge base and it should be available to everyone or every new person who is joining into the team so i i work with this various team to make sure what is the minimum demand denominator and the commonality that we need to create as part of our engineering culture and engineering infrastructure that can save time so that build once but it can be utilized uh, something at the same point of time keep an eye on the innovation that can happen in a, every corner and then since you have a visibility because i'm seeing things at a, at at 30000 feet then you immediately know hey i think this part can be utilized by this group because they are also struggling with a similar kind of problem so so help team stop reinventing the wheel 
uh, leverage across whatever is there. Backbone is still, you know, applied all over the place. Uh, a, a, a cutting edge culture all across so that the team can thrive on it, grow in their professional and personal career. And at the same point of time, you know, help them to basically lay out the foundation that will that that will save time for us and help allow them to focus on the product and launch it fast in the market. That's cool. So you're providing the like objectives and strategy for for the teams within yeah, your company. Yeah. And the other way you can say they're a really sharp kid and there is a teacher who is helping them to basically finish their assignment on time and, and really be excellent on it. Nice. So where do you where do you get your news to stay up to date on on everything like I guess uh sorry a more intelligent question would be uh how do you keep your keep your finger on the pulse of what customers are looking for and guiding your teams towards those objectives So uh, I I think in, in in my opinion I think there are three things that are quite important you know first thing is obviously you need to keep Keep in touch with the industry you are in, what, what's happening. So, so for example, you know, if I take example of Glance, uh, I mean, I have everything on my phone, TikTok, YouTube, uh, Roposo, Glance, our own app. And, and I do spend significant amount of time over there, not, not from the content point of view, but, but I also, you know, I, I, I try to understand things a little bit in a deeper way. You know, what, what are they doing, where it's, where, where it's heading? And, you know, to be honest, one thing that I felt is... Um, you know, when I started DJing and uh, DJing and all, I, I I figured out, you know, how do I want to stream it? You know, can I can I can I play it for fifty people, sixty people? And when you do that, you actually yourself become user. And when you yourself become user, you start to think, oh, this app helped me get online and start streaming in five minutes while I got stuck over here. The the steps were too complex or it was not user friendly. So you know, it's like. It really helps you to eat your own, eat your own dog food uh, uh, concept where you can see, hey, this guy's really doing good, and this is a better way of doing it. You know, if I'm a creator and if I want to be online in five minutes, what 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 should be done? So I think that one part is understanding and being part of the ecosystem all the time. So you really learn what's happening and you make sure that you know uh, we are one step ahead of that. So one is that. The second is obviously I think we deal with tremendous amount of scale. Uh, and and complex complexity into the uh, into our system and and we have been actually quite at the forefront of building our our system right from the beginning and and, and we were quite uh, touch bearing in that sense you know one of the company from Asia who ran data center across the globe and all those things and we have been there and done that but I think the world has changed really fast you know if you see the cloud offering has come. Uh, you know, has taken up the world by storm. And at this point of time, we, you know, two, two, three years ago, we decided, you know, uh, running your own DC and all those things may not be a wise move because it just takes a lot of time. So we started working strategically with some of the three big names, you know, GCP, AWS, and Azure. And and, and even in, we have, you know, business and tech teams in China, and we work with AliCloud as well. So we are one of the one company who pretty much work very deeply with all the four uh, cloud provider that you can imagine, GC Azure, uh, GCP Azure, uh, AliCloud, uh, and AWS, and 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 you know that is also one one source of uh, information where we always connected uh, with what's happening out there ecosystem. Who are their big customer? What are they working on? How are they solving? You know, and then there's so much to learn. I think that is, I would say, the second medium of getting that information, and and I try to basically do that along with my teams. You know. 
Uh, and last but not on least is basically the problem is the mother of all innovation. You know, so the very very specific environment that we are working on, the challenges that we are solving, and 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 some of the greatest mind and and rock star engineer that we have in our team. I think I love my interaction with them because that's where you see a completely new out of the box thinking. So I think these three things, for me, I would say, is is what is my source to keep myself updated and 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 uh, what's going on and i i really believe in uh, learning is a lifelong process and you never stop and uh, once you get those perspective uh, it forces you to figure out how you want to add value to existing knowledge base and and i think that's a virtuous cycle that 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 you know we all need to be in. is it challenging working with all four different cloud providers do you run into any difficulties I think it is it is little tricky because every cloud provider has its own philosophy, you know how they want to do things. So, so what we have done is basically we have, and I would say one is bad, one is one is good because we work with all three. Uh, they all have a specific strength, and as a consumer, we are quite aware of who is good at what. And what we do is basically that's where we are very careful in 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 figuring out that who do we want to use in these kind of applications. So when you have a user first lens, everything starts from there. And you start to getting to all answer, you know, uh, that if if this is the kind of experience I want for my user, and these are the things that will be part of my system implementation, then then who are the provider and who are the people who will help me get there faster, you know. So the key thing is if 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 you want to build products first, uh, sorry, fast and 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 something that is best for the user, you know, that that possibly the best thing that you can imagine and and, and try it out. Then you start to ask question: Who is going to help me get there, and and what are the things that I'm going to uh, use over there? So we always apply that lens. What says, hey, here is I need to now I need to fit this provider somewhere in between to build this. So we make we make that call uh, call uh, very cautiously and very judiciously, you know, very strictly that that who is going to basically be. Uh, the right partner for us to achieve the result that we want, and once that is there, everything else falls apart. That's re- that's really cool. It's, I mean, it sounds like, I mean, I've been learning a lot about cloud re- recently, just due to some guests we've had on the podcast. Like um, uh, a couple of days ago, we had a company called Spot, and one of their offerings is that they really help with figuring out when and where to utilize cloud compute that it costs the least amount possible and there's like all these every cloud provider has like a different method of offering their compute up for grabs when it's not being utilized very much and this company spot like helps you find those times and like areas of utilization where you can purchase compute for like 90 percent less i thought that was really interesting that there's like this whole economy just around saving costs on the cloud because everybody's spending so much money with them. So I think any tech decision end of the day comes down to three things. One is basically the value that your your, your system and, and your program is going to give to the user. Uh, then efficiency of compute, what you want to call it, performance, efficiency, compute, I would put everything uh, into that bucket. And last but not least, that everyone worries about is the cost. Because there's no limit to it, you know. You know, I mean, I can, I, I, I can be as fast as possible. But what if, if it, if it is just costing me an ounce, and by by the time I'm done with it, I have nothing left, you know. So you always have to 
uh, you always have to basically juggle these three balls and then then figure out what is my best best combination so for example there are application where uh, or or other things where one second and one one millisecond may not make a very big difference you know in those decisions you you may not you may not worry to uh, worry too much about it so for example if, if you take human eyes you know like we can figure out 60 frames per second you know that that's where the eyes can capture and if you are building a visual visual product visual science or something and then you are trying to basically get more frame per second and doing all this processing it's all waste because human eyes are not going to basically appreciate anything anything that you are doing you know uh same thing goes to the pixel as well you know like 4k 8k 16k 32k but the thing is if your screen size is that limited the density is not yeah. going to help anything so 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 th- this is exact so compute is nothing but that calculation what you really need and 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 lot of people in tech world that you know uh, what i have seen is uh, apply 80 20 or 90 10 rule where where almost 80% of what you want you actually get uh by spending 20 per year you know by 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 spending comfortably what is in your range the remaining 20% gets very hard and that increases and every improvement beyond that increases exponentially you know so for example i i want to hit something in 1 millisecond and i'm almost at 1 millisecond but hey i want to be at half millisecond so possibly half millisecond could be four times as expensive as reaching or doing some processing at millisecond so is that worth you know so the question that you always ask if i do this in half in second what will happen and if you are not able to justify your roi and if you know that you are never going to recover that loss uh, cost and money then in my opinion that is basically just wasting a lot of money and not really gaining something so so that is also one of the job of a cto that that what is the right equation that you get and and you know you may not get it right one or two times but but you get better at it and that eventually you figure out how it how how it works so how do you manage these three dimensions are are always the key and and every cloud provider have different way of doing things and and there are many ways you know so for example as you were talking about the company spot and all those things um, you know you can be you can be a little opportunistic you when when the rates are low you you take more and more instances and you try to finish more of your processing and when the rates are peak you actually start releasing them and then you know you utilize what you did earlier so there are there are you know the, uh, like i told you uh, there there is no right wrong way there are many multiple ways this problem can be addressed and can can be attacked so based on the circumstances based on this uh, uh, you know your specific needs i think that's the balance that that one needs to create on all these three sides so i, I want to hear a little bit more about inmobi's offerings um i i have in my notes you you have a product called pulse can you tell me a little bit about that Yeah so I think so so we are we are very uh, we are a very big believer uh, on uh, that gratification and attribution is very important whatever someone whatever you do and what whatever anyone is doing the visibility or analytics or, or, or the data around is quite important you know what is what is happening so pulse is also a a great product in my opinion you know when 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 lot of advertiser or even publisher or something they run campaigns with us and they they do certain things pulse really help them to collect significant data point from the actual user outside and what exactly people are thinking about it what they really are doing with it you know and 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 and, and it's very flexible they can customize it in a way 
based the based on the information that their team really wants to understand you know really what what is happening out there so you can integrate your 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 advertising and marketing campaign along with some data gathering as well at the same point of time so that you are getting a constant feed and 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 fine tuning and 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 addressing the need of your customer in a best possible way so pulse is a integrated survey product along with that that helps you collect the right analytics around the, your own user uh, about the sentiments about the usefulness and any kind of attributes you want to collect uh, around your campaign objective or or, or, or so it's for taking in like the qualitative data like a what yeah i think you, uh, like i said you can customize it in, in any many format you can create sentiment analysis you can create a you know highly qualitative uh, index around it or or maybe just the trending or maybe just see what's happening out there you know a uh, comparative study or or just thought process of a user before launching something new so so that's the beauty of this product you know it you decide what structure you want and it help you implement and get those so have you had to implement any like natural language understanding ai into that to uh Yes, yes. So I think everything pretty much we do, you know. So I think if you understand a little bit about the market rate itself, um, you know, we are we are living in a world where you have billions of users, and the billions of users seeing maybe trillions of proposition campaigns and ads out there. And same thing with these with these publisher that we work. I mean, they have enormous scale, and it's. I mean, I would be exaggerating if I say this is also another rocket science. You know, how do you how do you how do you make the best possible decision for all three entities you know advertiser publisher user or even if i take example of glass everyone has a unique personality how how do i get closer to who you are you know what's your uh, what's your traits are what you like what you don't like and and i don't think it is ever a finished job it's it's a constant learning because you know you are evolving as a human being as well and same thing at the marketplace the dynamic is evolving so there is a huge amount of data that that gets uh, analyzed to understand you know really what is happening and then the algorithm that is making call on them and at the same point of time on real time basis the feedback flows back into those algorithms to uh, to make the right tuning you know uh, and and any attribute even time of the day day of the week uh, seasonality cultural social fabric anything can have a very big impact and sometimes you can predict it and sometimes sometimes you can't even predict it so so all that magic is basically uh, based on the data science data science and algorithm and the ai that we run the back end uh and i think this is one of the most important part or right rather i would say that really the core reactor of everything that we do uh and in today's world data is new oil and there's nothing you can do unless until you you understand what exactly is happening so so pretty much a very important part of what we do so when you're thinking about uh like the strategy in the future in ad tech are there any emerging technologies that you're really thinking about how to position yourself for in the future like AR and VR and i know i've i've been seeing like articles coming out about how facebook is like racing to build a metaverse and i don't really buy it but um what what kind of emerging technologies are you thinking about to be honest i think I think science and innovation is 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 pretty interesting. And uh, the one thing that I have started doing right now is I don't deny any existence, you know, any idea, because what I have learned in ten years, 
then you know in 10 years ago if someone would have said uh, you know there will be car that will be running at this speed and all these hyper car they'll be in problem because someone would someone would come and create this battery and you know you'll be you'll be able to do 0 to 16 less than 2 seconds and you know like 6g's will be pumped into your chest when you're when, when you're doing that acceleration you'll say hey that's crap <laughs> uh, you know or somebody would come and say hey there'll be a flying taxi you know the people will fly over there and all those things and possibly we can uh, you know we would have ignore all that but but i think what i have learned you know i mean this world is changing so fast so so yeah i i do understand your sentiments when you are saying we are and metaverse that mark zuckerberg is talk, talking about and I, and I, and i would say i think at least especially on the virtual side it is a it is a technology that is there for quite some time and i think it has not grown to a level where it needs to but but nothing can be discounted right. today so so what what we need to do is keep a, keep keep a very close eye on what's happening and always be part of part of that uh uh you know that that innovation that is happening out there because you never know what will what will pick up so so you 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 take the right amount of input and and you always remain in a ready state and you know when it bigs becomes big i'm going to double down on it i'm going to uh, you know spend really good time on it but yeah i think ai is not a niche anymore this is basically lifeline for anyone you know if you are if you're not using data if you are not using artificial intelligence or not applying a human like intelligence to anything you are doing i think the time is very less all those things who are who are behind or not not jumped onto this bandwagon possibly i'll become will uh, possibly i think will become obsolete very soon and ar and vr is also for me is is uh, is one more dimension and and you you never know right now there are little physical constraint you know you really have to put that device bulky device and some people may not be comfortable and you know it gives you the i would say the user experience is not as good where where it becomes a uh, mainstream but the day you learn to figure that out i mean think about it maybe possibly we'll be doing this interview sitting side by side you could be in some other location i could be in some other location but we are virtually at one place right that that's really the promise of the metaverse so so i would be surprised if in 5 years down the line our our thought process will change completely yeah absolutely i mean people get proved wrong saying stuff like that all the yeah. time <laughs> yeah i don't know whether uh, whether you remember or not i think 3 years ago there was a uh, there, there there was a there was a concert and and you know it was a famous song with Snoop Dogg and Tupac were singing together and it was a hologram using microsoft hologram technology and you know he was just right there singing those verses and 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 you know and it was quite exciting at that that point of time it was uh completely cutting edge but but you know i think some of those things are happening you know people are using hologram and then and you know they are being your virtual assistant yeah absolutely i can totally see a world where lots of like entertainment and concerts are holograms yeah. Yeah. up there yeah. Yeah. which um yeah. i mean the musician in me cries a little bit um <laughs> yeah that uh it won't be as like live but on it i mean I can totally see i don't know 20 years from now and, and 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 the other thing is basically you know as i told you the the need and the problem really drives the innovation so i know many industry where virtual reality has already become mainstream you know uh, especially in the medical field you know one of the expert doctor if he is doing a surgery you know i mean a uh, lot of lot of people are participating virtually in that surgery and really seeing how it's being done rather than you know yeah. seeing the video and all because there's nothing like actually seeing it 
so so i know medical is is using it to a greater extent automobile uh, automobile industry construction i think i think vr is already mainstream in all those autocad designing and all those areas yeah we actually had a company on the podcast a while ago that's utilizing augmented reality for firefighters yeah um yes and it's super cool like yeah. they uh it so the camera can like see through the smoke and outline objects yeah. in the room for the firefighters makes that job a lot safer which is really sick yeah absolutely so i want to hear a little bit about the culture at at inmobi uh, i know you you mentioned in the past you've worked at some really big telecoms like at&t and virgin mobile how how is it different what are some some things that you took from those companies uh, and, and brought with you i think uh, every company has its own culture has its own flavor and culture is nothing is basically how uh, the the behavior that most of the people exhibit at one place is is what what gets defined in culture and and and, and obviously you know uh, the things are a little different at telco uh, and for the right reason you know as as i said there's nothing right and wrong you know generally there is a conservative thinking because you know any disruption or anything could could be quite damaging they live under one of the most stringent regulations so you have to think twice before taking any call or any risk and something uh at inmobi i think what we wanted to create and and one thing what our uh, one of the most important for us is basically how we can let our employee just think wide and big you know we are really into thinking big you know i mean people sh- you you are you are slave to your own inhibition you know it's it's all 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 the bottleneck is in your mind and 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 what we felt is basically through through the through the culture or other the behavior or, or or the traits that we all display in the company can we help employee come out of their own shell come out of their own inhibition so thinking big is is very important for us no idea no idea is bad or uh, you know this is stupid and all if if something is think big and the best way to find out whether it's good or bad is try it out you know that that's what you do it so so we really promote um ideology where you think big you are not scared of taking risk uh you know because the failure sometimes could be the best teachers that you can ever imagine you know that that's how you would learn in life and and be entrepreneur you know in entrepreneur you own own the consequences and that's why you basically you apply all the learning and you start all over again thinking big taking risk it, and 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 you know ownership is not enough if you are really not executing on it so 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 what what entrepreneurship mindset that that we 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 see as a big value of our culture is basically how do you how do you take an idea and and make it a reality and really figure out what is happening so so i think these are some of the aspect that you know are are are, are really uh, very important for our uh, culture so if you if you ask me to sum these values basically think big be entrepreneurship be entrepreneur uh think positive uh take risk and take ownership as long as you are doing this i think the good things will happen and and then that's really the core of uh what we do in every every team here so what does it look like in practice like what are some some things you do on a daily basis to reinforce those to be honest uh, uh we live by all these value on daily basis the idea and the decision making is very uh decentralized at in movie you know if you think about it in glance generally or even at imc sometimes when we have meeting there are 200 people 
who are looking at a demo and 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 they are there are uh, you know ideas flowing from all over the place but then at the same point of time you know there is some method to madness and you see hey uh, let's do a prioritization because when once once you apply entrepreneurship uh, judgment over there you know you will never be able to pull off 100 things but then it forces you to prioritize that what are the 10 things or five things i'm going to do out of these 100 insane idea so that you know i can i can produce the most value for for our customer so uh, it is a funnel where you don't want to stop it at the top level in most of the places you know the idea generation itself can be limited so you are you are hardly getting anything and then you are putting a prioritization so you are basically end of the day what you are getting is really drop of the ocean you know everything else got filtered in some way so our idea is uh, so our our concept is get as much idea as possible let people basically defend their idea let let them be passionate about it let them tell what what this can bring and then apply a, a brutal prioritization like your life depends on it and then go for it once you go for it then we also are a company who celebrate failure because failure is just one part of the outcome you know i mean there can only be two outcomes success and failure so every idea there is half half chances that either you will succeed or you will fail so i don't think we are worried about or we are scared of failure and it's actually get celebrated our uh, at inmobi because once you fail you exactly know what not to do yep. <laughs> and, and and then and then when you are trying it next time you you you're getting more and more wiser and eventually you will see enough failure in your life that the only option left for you is actually success so so so, so that's how that's how we we do this and that's how we live uh these values in our life that's awesome yeah i, I talked to a lot of cybersecurity people and that reminds me of a common thing that they say which is uh never let a good disaster go to waste um yeah yeah <laughs> and, and and when it comes to security and privacy i think every incident is is very precious because you need to do everything so that it doesn't happen again yeah absolutely so working in advertising speaking of security and privacy how, how do you think about like trying to find the line between offering ads that are personalized in a good way and offering ads that might be seen as like too personal and like how did you know that um i'm i'm one of, you know to be honest my personal belief and as a as a, as a company we are one of the you know we very strongly believe in privacy and we very, very strongly believe that this data belong to user it's very precious to them and especially when you apply the lens of advertising and marketing to be honest i don't think it requires a a very intrusive level of personal information you know why why would someone want to do that uh, so as a company we believe you know everything that and and once again you know that 80 20 rule that i was telling you uh, most of most most of the cohort level information or what you call non pia information is enough to basically understand who you are because if you think if you think about it the proposition and and the news feed and all those things do i really need to know your personal information no i i what i'm talking about some harmless behavioral traits uh, that that most of the time people are right people are telling themselves hey i like this uh, news corner i like this sport and that uh, yeah, or, or rather i like this kind of music and i think that's 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 is enough for majority of the work that is being done uh there have been instances where people try to exploit that we are quite dead against it we have a very strong privacy and security program within the company in fact to be honest there is a there is a very strong uh, committee 
uh, where a lot of members from very diverse part of the company, you know, from HR to legal to engineer to product participate. Uh, uh, I myself uh, chair that that uh, uh, that group within the company along with our general counsel, and not even a single product or anything that we do uh, without the approval. Of, of 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 this process, so so that at least there are six and seven set of people who are going through uh, uh, the whole logic, and they are making sure that even if one of us is slipping or rather you know not paying attention to something, there are seven more people to look at it uh, from another set of perspective and make sure that we are not doing anything uh, where uh, the user information will ever be at risk. Uh, so for us, uh, it's very important uh, to me. It's it's a trust thing. Uh, and once you lose it, it's very hard to bring it back. So we want to make sure that there is never a time in our life where uh, uh, our user don't trust us. Yeah, I mean that's super important. And I think it's cool that you have you've put together such an interdisciplinary team for that purpose because it's important to have all those different thought processes involved. I mean, yeah. the, the legal team is going to think of different things than the engineers yeah. and the, than the sales, you know everyone's got yeah. their specialties and on such an important issue, it's really important to, uh, to have every possible like viewpoint on it. Yep. Yep. Well, that's awesome. And so before we wrap up, is there anything that we didn't get to touch on that you want to make sure we get out there to the world? I think, you know, I guess, uh, uh, you know, one thing I would say is, uh, we are living in, uh, one of the most exciting time and most challenging as well, especially uh, with last two years that we have seen and a lot of people got impacted with those uh, pandemic. Uh, but more so, I think this is this is one of that period where uh, the innovation has opened up so much opportunities for young engineers and young people out there, you know, uh, where... Uh, they just need to basically let all their inhibition go and 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 think what they're best at. You know, they should not worry about. You know, this whole world is designed where where everyone is there to tell you, hey, you are not good at this, you are not good at this, you are not good at this. And in my opinion, that's not important. Let not worry about who uh, when when someone else is telling you you are not good at this thing. What is most important is what you think you are good at. And and you could be a programmer and you could be a, a musician at the same point of time. There is no there is no fixed taboo or there is no fixed uh, 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 you know combination over there. So so find your inner self and and your your role model is is no some uh, is not somewhere outside. It's actually you five years down the line. And I remember you know Matthew McConaughey in one of his Oscar speech he said a lot of people get confused. Uh, chasing the role models. But the thing is, most of the time you fail because you're chasing someone who you are not, right? That is that is just an infatuation. You just like that persona. But exactly what the role model that you should be chasing is what you want to be five and ten years down the line. And if you get that clarity sooner in your life, it will be far more easier because it's you who you are chasing. So everything that you are doing comes naturally to you. And you have all the strength to be that person five years down the line. So if you can align your goal and if you can just manage your life around it, I think you will f find true success, peace and happiness in life. And that's, that's, that's what I would tell to the people out there. Thank you so much for listening. And if you found this episode useful, please share it with a friend or a colleague who you think would get value from it. 
And if you have topics that you'd like to hear discussed on the podcast, either add me on LinkedIn or send me an email, joel at moderncto.io. Every time I get an email or LinkedIn message, it absolutely makes my day and inspires me to keep going.